Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to the August 24th, 2022 Rancho Santa Margarita City Council meeting. I'm going to go ahead and call the meeting to order. Councilmember McGurr, would you lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance oh, thank tonight? Thank you. Please rise, place your hand over your heart, and recite the Pledge of Allegiance along with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Listen to this. Can we get a roll call, Madam please? Mayor? You can hear the, the medals. Clanking. Mayor McGurr? Here. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Mayor Figueroa. Thanks for the promotion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Mayor Potem Holloway. Here. <laughs> Councilmember Beal. Here. Councilmember Gamble. Here. Councilmember McGurr. Here. <laughs> Okay, well, we're going to start off with presentations and proclamations, and we're so, so excited tonight to have the girls from the 8U, 10U, and 12U, girls from Rancho Tribuco Girls Softball Association. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for coming out um, on this Wednesday evening. And this is really so special for all of us here at City Hall, and is to recognize outstanding achievement. And today, um, we're going to be recognizing you at Rancho Tribuca Girls Softball Association. And we're going to recognize the 8U, 10U, and 12U teams. And we're going to start off with the 8U team, the Warriors. When you hear your name, please come up. Head coach, Dave Phillips. <laughs> Assistant coach, Brandon Straw. <laughs> Assistant coach, Ike Okonwa. <laughs> Assistant coach, Mike O'Keefe. <laughs> and Assistant coach, John Lardale. Come on up. Hi, coaches. Okay, now we're going to announce our outstanding 8U girl players, Savannah Hawkins. <laughs> Sailor Jackson. <laughs> Tenley Lauderdale. <laughs> Kendall O'Keefe. Grace Okawa. <laughs> Sienna Ornelas. June Phillips, Donica Riley, Juliana Sanchez, Lauren Straw, and Harper Vancelo. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. We're so excited to have you here. 
So Rancho Santa Margarita is a community with approximately 50,000 residents, and organized youth sports are an integral part of our social fabric and daily life for thousands of residents. The city is very supportive of these sports programs because they bring families together and teach participants many important life lessons. The Rancho Tribuco Girls Softball Association 8U team, the Warriors, include very talented athletes whose dedication and passion for the sport is evident through their great success, outstanding sportsmanship, and community spirit. The Rancho Tribuca Girls Softball Association 8U Warriors had an amazing season with an outstanding record of 39-1. and That's amazing. Oh, that's great, guys. The Warriors' hard work on the field, combined with the dedication of their coaches, culminated with the district, state, and regional championships win. A well-deserved honor for a tremendous season. So girls, as mayor of Rancho Santa Margarita, on behalf of all my city council colleagues and the almost 50,000 residents here in Rancho Santa Margarita, we want to congratulate you on your tremendous achievements. We're so proud of you. Congratulations. Thank you so much to the uh, to the city council and the city of Ranch San Margarita. Um, appreciate this honor; it's really special. Um, uh, thank you to the league and to the families and to uh, to everyone. And finally, of course, thank you to the girls and the coaches for being the amazing uh, softball players and little ladies and 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 uh, dads and, and moms and and family members that you are. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, what a great honor! This is really special. Thank you to everyone. Thank you girls, thank you so much. Thank you coaches for all your hard work. Thank you. We're gonna take a picture. Yes, please. Can we maybe get the adults behind the girls? Perfect. If the seal, otherwise, don't worry about it. Perfect. Oh, no, I'm sorry. get to congratulate Rancho Tribuca Girls Softball 10U Gold Fibers. When I call your name, come on up. Head coach, Jeff Bird. Assistant coach, T. Giuliani. Assistant coach, Dave Kapak. Assistant coach, Andy Vaughn. And now our girl players, McCona Bird, Savannah Kapak, Aubrey Cook, Taylor Goodwin, Alyssa Giuliani, Dana Kusich, 
Lacey Rose McNamara. Sorry about that. <laughs> Kendall O'Keefe. Penelope Pilarito. Jordan Fong. And Alana Tomcoach. Hi, everybody. Hi, guys. <laughs> okay, let me tell you a little bit about this uh, wonderful team here. The Rancho Chibuca Girls Softball Association 10U goal team Firebirds includes very talented athletes whose dedication and passion for the sport is evident through their great success, outstanding sportsmanship, and wonderful community spirit. The team's hard work on the field, combined with the dedication of their coaches, culminated with the state and national championships win. A well-deserved honor for a tremendous season. Congratulations. <laughs> the Rancho Tabuca Girls Softball Association 10U goal team, Firebirds, is comprised of an all-first-year 10U team. That's amazing, guys. You're already winning it all. This is the first time in the history of USA softball that a team of entirely first-year players has won either the state or national championship. And remarkably, the Firebirds won both championships in the same year. You girls, that's tremendous. So girls, as Mayor of Rancho Santa Margarita, on behalf of my city council colleagues and the almost 50,000 people we have here in the city, we want to extend our sincere congratulations to you. We're so very proud. Congratulations. Like to talk. Hello. Uh, again, thank you. Something, you know, echoing what Dave said, I think one of the one of the things that wasn't mentioned was the state championship game that we played was actually against another, our other 10U gold team as well from the same league, Rancho Tribuco. So that, that's pretty amazing for our league. Uh, that had never been done before as well. Excuse me? Yes, the older team, correct. Uh, uh, yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, wow. That's my kid. Um, uh, so, you know, look, th thanks to all our parents, all of our team moms, all the coaching staff as well, Dave, Coach T, Coach Andy, obviously all the girls we put in, I think, more work, more time, more effort, and it paid off. Congratulations, girls. Good job. Thank you so much, guys. Congratulations. All right, let's take some pictures. Okay, and finally tonight, we get to recognize the Durancho Tribuca Girls Softball Team 12U Wildcats. Okay.
Okay, when you hear your name, come on up. Coaching staff, head coach, Eric Black. <laughs> head coach, Joe Longo. <laughs> and coach, John Lauderdale. <laughs> Assistant coach, Jay Titus. <laughs> Assistant coach, Louis Merdant. <laughs> Assistant coach, Gary Hitzler. And assistant coach Megan Kirby. Hi guys. Okay, and the wonderful 12U Wildcat players Riley Black, Garcia, Kenley Hitzler, Scarlett Ludberg Lola, Brinkley Lauderdale. Jaylee Longo. Hazel McCuster. Lauren Murdant. Brooke Neal. Kayla Fan. Hi, honey. Camille Titus. And Reagan Walter. Hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. So the Rancho Tribuca Girls Softball Association 12U Team Wildcats includes very, very talented athletes whose dedication and passion for the sport is evident through their outstanding success, sportsmanship, and community spirit. The Rancho Tribuca Girls Softball Association 12U Team Wildcats had an amazing season with an outstanding record of 57 five and one. Congratulations for us. The team's hard work on the field combined with the dedication of their coaches culminated with the B district, B state, and B national championship win. A well-deserved honor for a tremendous season. Um, was, that, was that from last year? Oh my gosh, are these the same girls back? Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. How fun for you guys to see yourselves. <laughs> exactly, oh, that's so exciting. Well, everybody, as mayor of the city, on behalf of my city council colleagues. Hi, everybody, can you hear me now? Okay, good. Okay, so as mayor of the city, on behalf of my city council colleagues and the almost 50,000 residents here in Rancho Santa Margarita, we wanna congratulate all of you on your tremendous success. Congratulations, we're so proud of you. So, uh, hello? Okay. So first off, I'd like to congratulate my girls. Um, little bittersweet that all of our coaches aren't here, and this will be the last time that we get to all play together as our squad. So you guys know I love you. I appreciate you. I appreciate all the time we spent on the field, and you guys deserve this. You work for it, right? Coaches are amazing. They're incredible people. I love them all. I was blessed to be around them this entire time, right? The two coaches that aren't here, John and Eric, you know, um, we did this all together as a collective effort. And um, really, it comes down to this league and all the coaches out here and Jeff running this league. Um, we cultivated a 
style where we all decided we were going to work harder than everybody else. And there's no secrets in life. You just go out and you put your work in, and you have a chance to win everything when you do that. There's no, there's no other underlining secret. So, Jeff, thank you for that. Every coach in this league, I'm friends with everyone all the way across the board, and you guys are beautiful people, you have, and the girls are beautiful souls, and it's just a wonderful experience. So thank you all for everything. I appreciate you all. I love my girls, and, yeah, we dominated. Before, before we take pictures, we're going to take pictures in a second, but I just wanted to say how indebted our family is to RTGSA. My daughter, Caroline, had the good fortune of playing in RTGSA until she went to travel and played travel all the way until college and got accepted on a D1 scholarship to play softball. And I can tell you that softball girls and softball families are the very best. These girls, especially when you get to travel, you're, you're leaving at five in the morning on Saturday and not getting home until 10 o'clock Sunday night. Softball girls and their families are such hard workers, and it makes, you know, all the, the softball coaches, I have to tell you, RTGSA coaches were better than a lot of my daughter's college coaches. No, I, I am not kidding. I am not kidding. So congratulations to everyone, and let's take some pictures. You guys want to do uh, one big photo with all of you guys, girls up here? Okay, come on up.
What do we do when? What do we do when? When on three. One, two, three, when. Here we go. Ready? Who are we? Okay, we're gonna move on to schedule of future events. The city manager. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor, members of the city council. City Hall and the Bell Tower Regional Community Center will be closed on Monday, September 9th in observance of Labor Day. On Friday, September 9th, the RSM Chamber of Commerce will be hosting the State of the City Address from 7 to 9 a.m. located at Teharis Creek Golf Club. Mayor Figueroa will be presenting the 2022 State of the City Address. Registration begins at 7 a.m. and the program begins at 7.30. The city is hosting its annual Patriot Day ceremony on Sunday, September 11th, which is open to the public to attend. This year, Patriot Day commemorates the 21st anniversary of the terrorist attacks on September 11th, 2001. It is through this ceremony that we recognize the city's adopted 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines, and honor all of our nation's heroes. The ceremony will begin at 8.30 a.m. outside in Central Park near the city's flagpoles. We will honor our military, first responders, remember those we lost from our city and from the city's adopted 2nd Battalion, 5th Marines. A moment of silence will be observed. We are encouraging all those in attendance to wear the colors of our great nation's flag. Last, on Saturday, September 17th, the city of Rancho Santa Margarita is hosting a free paint drop-off event for local households and businesses from 8 a.m. to 12 noon. Registration is required for this event. The collection site will be located here at the city hall parking lot. Households may bring any amount of paint, stain, and varnish. Limits do apply to businesses. Paint must be sealed in its original container with original manufacturer label. No leaking, unlabeled, or empty containers. No aerosol spray paints. No drums or containers larger than five gallons will be accepted. There's a flyer on the city's website for a full list of products that will or will not be accepted and also information to register for the event. To learn more, please visit www.paintcare.org or call 855-PAINT-09. Thank you.
Thank you very much, the city manager. Moving on to public comments. This is the time to address the city council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person and a time limit of 15 minutes for this segment of the public comments portion of the agenda. And I have two public speaker comment cards here and we're gonna start tonight with Ms. Barbara Schulman. Good evening, Barbara. Thank you for being here. So nice to see you tonight. Hi, I'm Barbara Schulman. I'm a school board member with Saddleback Valley. And through all of the COVID, there of course was no meetings like this. I couldn't say anything to you. We're now broken into districts, so I'm now your, not that everybody doesn't represent, but I basically represent RSM right now. So what I thought I would do tonight, and then maybe once every quarter, is tell you what's happening in our school so you have an idea. So at Tribuco Mesa, um, they had their first flag assembly. They're using Be Kind as their monthly words. And their unified sports and unified gardening is starting, which is where students with special needs and general needs work together. And it's incredible program if you haven't been there to see their garden and what they're growing. It's really amazing. Robinson Elementary School has back to school night on August 31st. And they have a Scholastic Book Fair coming. And Cielo Vista is doing a newer alignment with PBIS, which is Positive Behavior Intervention Systems. And they took Hawks, which is who they are, and they're doing having a positive attitude, act respectively, work responsibly, kindness, and self-control. Um, Rancho Santa Margarita Intermediate School is doing a school-wide theme of Better Together. And they're in the midst of a 15-day kickoff to re-engage and connect with students. Um, and they are having a parent university with school counselors, and that's on August 30th. And uh, ASB days are coming. Tribuco Hills High School is, you know, the high school, and they're so excited, and their first football game is September 1st, and um, they've got spirit days underway, which are decades, so I asked if I could come. They said it's probably, we don't go that far back, Barbara. <laughs> uh, Melinda Heights did a very cool thing last Friday night. They had 2,000 family members come and watch movies outside in the parking lot in lawn chairs. So that was a wonderful community involvement. Um, and they have a, a way that they're working with the Angels and they have 4,000 tickets for the Labor Day weekend that families can go to the game. So what I wanted you to know is that we are doing great things. We're back in school. Everybody's happy. Things are going well. And I, and I wanted you to know that because I know it was a pretty tumultuous time there for a while. But things are really good now. And um, hopefully I will still be your board member after the November election. But whether or not, hopefully every quarter someone can come and tell you the things that are going on. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Barbara, for being here tonight. And it's all good news. So thank you so much. We love to hear that. Okay, moving on, um, our next public speaker is Mr. Bobby Cox. Hello, Bobby, good evening. Good, evening. good to see you again. Great we haven't here. seen you for a while, and now we get to see you all the time, so it's wonderful. No, no, not all the time. Well, but it's good to see you, Bobby. We're at a time that's really important, let's just put it that way. Um, I gave you, if you could just hang on, I, who has these coffees real quick, because I got these and made these, and. Printed these 
Member Bobby, you only have three minutes. So. This has been a very tumultuous, a very hard time for the city right now. Um, as once again, uh, the CDC and SCAG and their forces behind have forced you to update the home, the uh, the housing element. And the thing that I want to talk, I've talked to you about a lot, talked to you about a lot, is this affirmatively fair housing because now that it's in the works here, then you're going to have to understand what you signed up for. And this, what it does to this, uh, the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. I also wanted to make a point real quick between the CDC as well as SCAG. They are one and the same. This is the exact information on each one of their websites. The same exact information, which also I want you to think about because you had to qualify for this and it cost a lot of money. And if one thought you were out of compliance and the other thought you were, <laughs> How could that be when you're using their same exact thing here? This is very racist. This is very, this is very hurtful. Do you guys believe, because now that you've signed up for it, do you believe what this document says? Because this was a presentation that was put on by the CDC and what's behind affirmatively fair housing. Fair housing. What I've simply given you, real quick, what I've given you is what you're going to abide by. This is implementing affirmatively furthering fair housing. What is affirmatively furthering fair housing? What you're signing up for is it overcomes this pattern of segregation between us. These guys actually believe in their, in their notes that we are for it. And this is about us being charged as being racist. And it's going to take just a moment. And I worked hard on it, and I paid for it, and I promise it's just going to be okay. But it needs to be said. What is affirmatively fur furthering fair housing? Specifically, replacing segregated living patterns, transforming racial and ethnicity concentrated in concentrated poverty in concentrated areas areas of opportunity. If you turn to the page, the need for AFFF. Over time, single-family zones emerged and replaced race-based zoning as a tool for segregating communities. Furthermore, federal, state, and local subsidized programs failed to construct affordable housing in high-resource neighborhoods. That's what we are to them, a high-resource neighborhood. Housing policy, this is, this is the need for it. Turn to the duty of California public agencies. AB 686 expands the duty of AFFH to, AFFH to call California public agencies, which must admit or pro, administer these programs. They must be in total agreement with this nasty, nasty racist comment about the white people that live here, News, new housing element. Mr. On Cox, and on just 30, 30 seconds more, thank you. Listen to this. The assessment of fair housing, you must enforce an outreach capacity through integration and segregation. You can read this on and on. Site inventory. Thank you very much, Mr. Cox. We, we appreciate your hard work on and this. It, you have like to understand, though, you really do. What I'm trying to say right now 
And this is accusing me and you of being racist. This whole thing is. Yeah. What, and what I'm trying to say is this is a time where you literally, 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 if you sign up for AFFH, you agree in this. You agree with this. Yeah, so Bobby, we'll be glad if but, you want I mean, to set up want, a meeting. No, this is this with isn't something that can definitely be pushed away whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Bobby, thank you so much. We appreciate how much you care about our city. We really, really do. Right, but I'm telling you right now, you need to understand. We, if you agreed for it, you agree with this, and it's very easily said that thank this is thank a you, Bobby. horrible racist thing for us. Thank it's you, Bobby. mean. It's all about redistributing our wealth yeah, we to will, other cities. Yeah, Bobby, I think it'd be wonderful if you're interested to would have a meeting here at City Hall and we can explain. There's a lot of I would love to. I would absolutely love to. That, but I, this um, one very, right here. That we have to comply with. So, But I can't go into that right now. But thank you for being here, Bobby. We okay. really, really appreciate it. This thank one, you so much. This one has to snap you, stop you in your tracks if you don't think about it. Thank you, Bobby. We appreciate you being here as always. We appreciate it. Okay, I do have three e-comments tonight, and I'm going to go through these right now. The first one is from David Alex Austin, and he is asking Adult Protective Services of the County of Orange to help him place him in housing that would be best for him and all involved um, so he can escape the weather and con conditions outside. So thank you very much, David, for that. Have another e-comment from Rhonda Lundberger, and she is very concerned about the RSM housing element that's on the agenda tonight, and the $250 million in REAP grant funding. She wants to know where that money is, and she wants to know, is the city of Rancho Santa Margarita applying for these housing grants? Uh, the state of California seems to want to take over local zoning to benefit the state and not the residents of the city. As of August 24, 2022, Orange County has a, had only two jurisdictions in compliance. I really do not know why HCD is pulling these deadlines on cities. Thank you very much, Rhonda, for that. And our last e-comment tonight is from Beth Hurd, who um, wrote a very lengthy comment tonight and she is in the past and uh, again tonight very concerned about the HCD mandates by from the state of California um, and from HCD so thank you so much Beth for your econ on that okay we're gonna go ahead and move on to the consent calendar all matters on the consent calendar are to be approved in one motion unless a council member staff or a member of the public requests a separate action on a specific item on the consent calendar i'll entertain a motion to improve i'll move to approve the consent calendar second all in favor say aye aye, aye. the consent calendar is approved okay moving on to our first public hearing item public hearing and adoption of the 2021 through 2029 housing element and safety element updates. Ms. City Manager. Yes, Cheryl Kuda, our Assistant City Manager, Development Services Director, will be making the presentation this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Mayor, members of the City Council. I, I think we've reached the finish line on this one. Um, I'm going to walk you through the changes since the last adoption of the housing element. Uh, if you'll recall, 
The City Council adopted a housing element on February 9th, which um, we believed complied with state law and addressed all the comments of HCD. We submitted it to HCD and we've had to make further changes. So I'm going over those further changes tonight and we'll be requesting, uh, recommending that the City Council readopt the housing element. So just a brief overview of the presentation, we'll review the housing element timeline. Uh, I'll talk about the content of the three letters that we have received from HCD. Uh, we'll talk about the changes to the adopted housing element. We'll talk briefly about the safety element and the general plan final EIR addendum, which you also reviewed and approved on February 9th. And then uh, staff will be recommending adoption of a new resolution uh, approving that entire package. So this timeline, uh, the, the font has gotten smaller and smaller on this, this slide over the course of, of, the, of our work. What I will do here is just focus on everything that's happened since February 9th. So as I mentioned a moment ago, on February 9th, the City Council conducted a public hearing, adopt and adopted an addendum to the final environmental impact report for the 2020 general plan, adopted the housing element update and a safety element update. We submitted that adopted housing element to HCD. They had 60 days to review the document and they gave us a letter on April 11th indicating that further changes would be necessary for them to find it in full compliance with state law. So throughout the course of April through July, we worked with HCD reviewers to gain certification. We, our goal was a letter from them that stated with these changes that we've discussed, your housing element meets all the requirements of state law. We did receive that letter on July 26th, and they have conditionally approved the document that you see in your packet tonight. The Planning Commission conducted a public hearing on this document and recommended unanimously that the City Council approve the document. Uh, the letters that we have received from HCD, you've all seen the December 21st, 2021 letter. Um, it, it addressed only four areas of the document, uh, affirmatively furthering fair housing, the site's inventory, the analysis of constraints to housing, and implementation of housing programs. Those are the same, uh, well, three of the four of those topics were also addressed in the April 11th letter, and by the July 26th letter, they have um, found that we are in compliance with all of these areas. This is just an outline to illustrate where the changes to the document have occurred kind of in an overview. Um, as you're aware, in the packet, any of the changes that were made to the document since February 9th are highlighted in yellow or blue. Those changes are in uh, the housing program section of part one of the document. They're also in the constraints to housing development, the housing resources section, and the affirmatively furthering fair housing analysis within the background report. The site inventory has been updated not to change any of the sites or any of the, the RENA strategy, but just to provide additional information uh, to substantiate those sites to HCD. The public engagement summary has likewise been updated uh, to include the information and, that we've provided to the public, as well as the comments received by the public since those public hearings. 
Another important consideration is uh, a new law, AB 215, which requires notification to interested parties and posting of the document for seven days prior to resubmittal to HCD. Now, as you've seen, Appendix B and our outreach program have gone above and beyond the state law requirements, and it is literally over 200 pages of this housing element. Um, so we, we have more than met state law, and we met the exact requirements of this portion of state law. So once we, uh, when we were working with our HCD reviewer, we got to a point where the document was told to us that it was uh, acceptable. So we posted it for seven days, starting June 9th. Seven days later, we formally submitted to HCD. Same thing happened again on July 15th, um, because after the June 9th uh, submittal, they indicated that additional changes were ne needed, and we've talked about that. Um, and so, again, we posted on July 15th, submitted seven days later, and they turned an, a letter back to us by July 26th. So we, we were able to get good attention from HCD at that point and, and move things right along. In addition to those seven-day postings, we have emailed the interest list on numerous occasions, most recently uh, last week when the uh, city council packet was posted. This is a summary of uh, the four areas which the ch in which the changes were made, uh, as I summarized on the, on the prior slide. For AFFH, we had to um, give a little, provide a little more background and information on the local situation with respect to disproportionate housing need and displacement. And we were also um, informed by HCD that each and every program in our housing element must include a specific commitment, a timing for that specific commitment, geographic target, and measurable metrics. I will talk about that a little bit more on one more slide. The site's inventory, uh, we had to provide additional information to demonstrate how the sites affirmatively further fair housing, and we needed to draw linkages for site suitability and site selection factors. In the initial uh, adopted housing element, we listed nine factors that we used to select our sites. HCD wanted us to draw direct linkages, so there's a new table in Appendix A where each of the sites is checkboxed, this site meets you know, this many of our site selection factors. Every single one meets at least of the six of the site selection factors. Analysis of constraints, there were some very specific questions that HCD had regarding our parking standards, our building heights, and constraints related to existing development on the housing element sites. Um, and then implementation Implementation of programs, as I mentioned, that was only in the December 21st letter, so there have been no changes since February 9th with respect to implementation of programs. I won't dwell on this table. I just wanted to demonstrate to you that this is a tool that HCD used to determine how our AFFH programs met those four specific criteria that we talked about, specific commitment, timing schedule, geographic targeting, and metrics. When we first received this table from our reviewer, there were no's scattered about, and with the changes that you see in the document before you, we were able to satisfy HCD in all of those topic areas. I just wanted to pause for a moment and emphasize that 
what did not change in this iteration of the document is our RENA strategy and our site's inventory. We are proceeding with the same 15 sites that have been worked so hard on by the City Council and the Planning Commission and the public through our public input and the housing element uh, sites inventory workshops that we've had. There's no changes there. We were able to provide the backup data that HCD required uh, for them to find our housing element sites in compliance. And finally, uh, I want to just briefly touch on the safety element and the environmental review document. Uh, you'll recall that this uh, update to the housing element triggered an update to the safety element. That was done late last year and reviewed by the uh, Board of Forestry and Fire Protection and reviewed uh, and approved by them. Uh, no changes have been made to that since February 9th. Uh, similarly, um, as all general plan updates do, this document required review under the California Environmental Quality Act. Because a full EIR had been prepared in 2020 for the general plan update, we prepared an addendum to that final EIR, which found that there are no new impacts and no new significant no, no impacts made more significant through implementation of the housing element. So as I mentioned previously, all three of those documents, the safety element, the housing element, and the EIR addendum were approved in one resolution by the city council. So we're asking you tonight to rescind that resolution and adopt a new resolution which takes care of all three of those documents once again. And I, I put the title of that resolution here on the screen and it, it's also in your staff report. Um, unfortunately, Amanda Tropiano, our fabulous consultant could not be here with us tonight. She is ill. Um, I do have Wendy Starks, who's been the project manager on this project from the beginning, and Starla Barker from DeNovo, who you will recognize uh, as our general plan consultant, our local hazard mitigation plan consultant, and uh, the author of the EIR addendum for this project. So we are all happy to answer any questions you have at this time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Cheryl. <clears throat> Council questions tonight? Councilmember Beal. Thank you for that great report. And we've received messages from concerned residents. We've heard from a speaker tonight. We've got some electronic correspondence. Um, the residents, the members of this council, obviously, we care very much about this master plan community, we want to do everything we can to protect this master plan. Um, I just want to make it clear for the record, I mean, what we are trying to do here is comply with state mandates, state law, correct? We aren't voluntarily opting into anything or doing the things that you just summarized that we spent so much time and effort trying to do um, necessarily because the city of Rancho Santa Margarita through its local representatives and staff think that this is necessarily the best thing for this community. Is that right? We're just trying to comply with state law? Right. We believe that this is the best scenario for the potential addition of 680 units that can be accommodated within the master plan and honoring the master plan as much as possible by keeping the density in the center of town where, where density occurs now. Came up with that number, 680? The, the state of California gave a regional housing allocation to the Southern California Association of Governments, and they distributed 
uh, it among the 197 <laughs> jurisdictions within the region. And I know we've put a tremendous amount of work and effort to get to this point. And it's great that we're in a position where we could actually adopt it. What would happen if we weren't in this position and we just either were unable or unwilling to do so? Are there, are there downsides to this city for not for non-compliance? There are a number of penalties under state law, um, varying from further loss of local land use control uh, to fines and loss of state funding for in other uh, revenue areas, not directly related to housing. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay, any other questions tonight? Councilmember McGurr. Thank you. Just, just briefly, it's not really a question, but I want to follow up on what Councilmember Beal said. I'm holding an 862, for those who might be listening or those in the audience, 862-page housing element that um, our staff has been sweating over for quite a long time, and not just uh, what we see in city council meetings, but I remember going online and watching this CUDA appeal uh, the allocation uh, in front of SCAG. I watched uh, other council members from other cities, Wendy Bucknam and others, appeal uh, the allocation of the number of units. Um, and, 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 and really, in retrospect, I look back and maybe we kind of got lucky because some of the other cities in this county got just really hit with what they have to do. So I just wanted to make sure I was on the record, Cheryl and, and, and Wendy and, you know, Star, everybody who have... have put the blood, sweat, and tears into this. We're finally at the finish line, I hope, and we can finally address this issue uh, in response to what Councilmember Beal said, uh, the state's mandate. This is an our mandate. No one here proposed this as an agenda item. This is a response that every city in the state of California is dealing with right now, and uh, only as of right now, anyway, only two cities in this county have been approved by HCD with regard to their new housing element. So, again, I just want to, you know, thank you for all your efforts, uh, everybody who had a part in this. Councilmember Gamble. Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, I don't particularly have a question of staff. Um, I will be voting in the affirmative on this because the penalties imposed upon the city are so consequential and onerous to our future, you have no choice but to vote affirmatively for this item, which I find disgusting. I find it an assault and insulting to the careful planning that went on by Richard Reese as he developed Rancho Santa Margarita, and that was a key reason why many of us moved here. Many of us fought to protect it. Many of us fought away everything from a county courthouse to a concrete plant that was going to be developed here. And now to have, as we're fully built out, an imposition on us to change zoning for key properties that are, in some cases, revenue-producing properties to solve a problem that it was not of our doing and to have the taxpayer pay for the eight pounds of material that we've had to produce at considerable taxpayer expense for the city 
I find the entire thing the very worst of what politics in California represents. I hope everyone that voted for this in Sacramento is embarrassed and holding their head. And if you, within the sound of my voice, find that you voted for any of them, please call them and send a message. I have no choice but to vote for this, and I it, find it repugnant. And uh, I do appreciate staff having to do the tremendous amount of work that they do day in and day out on your normal responsibilities while having this burdensome piece of smoking, steaming crap that we have to comply with. Um, just in case anyone's not sure where I stand, I'm hoping that I've clarified my thoughts herein. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem. Thank you. Smoking, steaming. Uh, very much. Okay. Um, <laughs> I agree with everything I've heard so far, and the mayor has some things to say as well. When this, when HCD first put this out and we saw the process, or the process was explained to us by staff, I actually thought that it was put out for almost sure failure because it was the most complex process I think I've seen in a long time. I really, I hope not. That wasn't their intention, but I think by the sheer numbers of how few cities are in compliance with this, given the timeline, uh, you know, I, I it entered my mind that they couldn't have possibly thought that many cities could meet these standards and um, with all the public input that was, was necessary and all the steps. But here we are again where our staff didn't waste one second and put us in a position to where, yes, there are some deadlines. We're getting close to timelines, but we didn't have to make any um, decisions that weren't based on a lot of research because we're running out of time and we are here again with this outstanding staff that put us in the best position possible with a t terrible situation presented to us. Um, with the entire time thought of meeting legal obligations and what's the best of the worst we can come up with for the residents of our city and businesses. It's just the task was an, an unbelievable process and almost impossible, yet here your staff did it, and kudos to them. And one thing, I, and the public input part of this process was outstanding. I mean, there were people that every week, and, and they weren't coming here pounding and screaming, and, and they were you know, just diligent, writing letters to their electeds and with the email. I mean, they were diligent, and, I, and hats off to everyone that spoke up about this and weighed in on it. I think we have the best outcome we could have with the terrible situation that the state put us in. Um, and again, thank you to the staff for getting us to the finish line is a great way to put it. Cheryl, we're, we're here. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor Pro Tem. So we think we are done with this, but in reality, Cheryl, we have extra responsibilities in terms of reporting back to the state of California on our progress. Can you talk about the additional responsibilities and what reporting now we have to continue to monitor and the information we need to give back to HCD? Of course. So there has always been an annual progress report, not always, but for the last 
eight to 10 years anyway, there's been an annual reporting requirement to HCD on the status of your housing element, actually on the status of all your general plan elements, with the housing element having some very specific reporting forms. Those forms are issued by HCD each year. They get a little bit more complex. Um, the, the complexity that we're dealing with now is that we have a lot more programs to report on than we did in the prior housing element, but it's very manageable. Most of these are um, incremental increases in what we're doing. So um, for a couple of examples, we have to reach out to apartment owners and make them aware of the housing choice voucher program. Now, of course, the city doesn't issue those vouchers, so we, we rely on information and materials from the county, and we, we distribute those to our local apartment, res apartment uh, managers. We deal with the local apartment managers on a regular basis anyway. This is just another uh, piece of information that we'll be imparting to them. That's, that's one example of the additional actions that we're supposed to take. The reporting requirements don't change too much. It's just the volume of things we're reporting on. But again, more work. Again, more work, yes. Thank you. Well, I agree with my colleagues' comments tonight. Um, this has been such a process. Um, and for, I don't know, going on, what, two years? Two, two years. And I take tremendous, uh, the assault on our city staff's time is absolutely tremendous. I, I just, I'm very angry about it because our city staff has spent, I don't know how many hours, I mean, I don't know, Cheryl, if you could even count how many hours of time, not only yourself, but Wendy, who's here, Derek, our city manager, our city attorney, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. The amount of time that this has taken for compliance. And, you know, we could have been spending time on other things, but um, this is what we've been focused on for the last two years. So I just wanted to thank all of you, our whole city staff, for your tremendous efforts. The fact that we're one of the first cities here in um, Orange County to be approved is a tremendous accomplishment with all the obstacles in front of us. So um, I just want to thank you. I know my city council colleagues are in such appreciation of all your hard work for the last two years. I also want to thank our residents because we have um, a number of residents that you heard from even tonight who are very aware of what's going on and are very concerned as well. So I just wanted to thank again our residents and um, everybody who was a part of this. So thank you very much. Okay, we're going to go on to open the public hearing. Are there any additional e-comments tonight? There Amy? are none. Okay. Would you like me to reread those e-comments into the record? No? Okay. Okay. If there's none, I'm going to go ahead and close the public hearing. Again, council discussion deliberation. Is there anything else from city council? Council Member Beale. Uh, thank you. At this time, I would just like to elaborate just a little bit more on my personal thoughts on this. Um, as I mentioned in my questions earlier, I think that every member of the city council for years um, has fought to protect the Rancho Santa Margarita master plan. It's an award-winning plan, and it's that plan that uh, provides to our residents, in my opinion, the wonderful quality of life that 
we all enjoy in this city and have for so long. We heard it from our in-person speaker tonight. We hear it from those that submitted e-comments, and we've heard it for months, the concern that our residents have about the efforts by the state to take away uh, our local planning control, um, the efforts by the state to tell us what we need here in our city, in our plan. Um, and when our residents stand before us and send us these messages saying, you know, they're, you're, you're giving up your local control, um, we're not giving anything up. It's being taken away. It's, it's, let there be no doubt that there is a direct assault on local control coming from those in charge in Sacramento. And we enjoy a great quality of life in our community today because of the master plan and the collective efforts of the city council, the staff, and our residents to protect that. And it's wonderful. There are those in Sacramento that have a master plan, a one-size-fits-all type of plan that they want to impose upon the entire state to change the contour of what our state looks like to match what they think is appropriate. And I'm not a gambling man, but if, if I were, I'd bet everything I have that virtually... <laughs> no. Very few of them have ever set foot in the city of Rancho Santa Margarita. They don't know the first thing about our community, and that's troubling to me. Sacramento wants to fundamentally change the face of our city. Um, they want to make the state conform to what they think is the right uh, framework in this case for housing. And if you take a look in Washington, D.C., there's an effort to fundamentally change our entire country in many ways to, to fit their mandates. All I could say is, you know, I, I have served in this community proudly for the purpose of trying to ensure that Rancho Santa Margarita always re remains this wonderful little bubble of a great community and quality of life. We've got exceedingly low crime. We've got balanced budgets. We provide uh, the highest level of services for our residents. We, we, it's because we're doing things the right way and protecting our master plan. Um, but there are those in Sacramento, there are those in Washington, D.C. In fact, there's people in this own community that want to fundamentally change our community. Um, they want to bring affordable housing, like we're dealing with tonight. Hundreds of hundreds of units that were never planned for here. They want to open homeless shelters in our community. All I could say is to our residents, elections matter. There's nothing that we are doing here tonight that we aren't being compelled to do by those in Sacramento. So there's a reason why so many thousands and thousands of people are fleeing the state of California to go to other states where this isn't happening. So this is just the latest example. Elections matter, people. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any other council comments? Tony, thank you so much for saying that. Any other council comments? Thank you very much. Okay, if there's none other, I'm going to go ahead and close the public hearing.
And can, do you want me to read the resolution? Okay, we're going to go ahead and I'll entertain a motion. I'll move the item. Second. All in favor say aye. 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 Okay. 5.1 passes. Okay, thank you. Moving on to continued items. New business, proposed business attraction and retention contractual services agreement with the RSM Chamber of Commerce for fiscal year 2022-2023. Ms. City Manager. Uh, staff requests that this item be pulled and brought back at a future meeting uh, due to some conversations with the Chamber and working on some refinements to the proposal. Thank you. Thank you very much. Public comments, this is the time to address the City Council on any matter not listed on this agenda that is within the subject matter jurisdiction of the City Council. Public comments are limited to three minutes per person. The segment of the public comments portion of the agenda should not exceed a total of 15 minutes. Ms. Amy Diaz, do we have any other public comments this evening? There are none. Okay. Moving on. City Manager report. Ms. Cervantes. I have nothing further this evening. Thank you very much. Okay. Matters presented by Mayor and Council Members. Committee assignment reports. Moving first to Foothill Eastern Transportation Corridor Agency, Councilmember Beal. Thank you, Madam Mayor. We had a meeting on August 11th. Some of the highlights included we adopted our internal audit plan for the coming fiscal year. So we will be once again performing internal audit over every activity uh, within the TCA to provide an independent and objective review of our agency's financial, administrative, and operational activities uh, to make sure that we mitigate risks and verify compliance with policies and procedures. I'm certain that that audit will once again show that things are working really well at the TCA. One of the other highlights was we received an annual investment portfolio update for the fiscal year 2022. And the good news was that the TCA has a combined $1.66 billion portfolio uh, set aside. It earned $14.1 million in interest over the last fiscal year. So the financial condition of the TCA is very strong. The bills are paid and we are well positioned to complete our capital projects that are on the books. And when those projects include building bridges and uh, roadways, that's why you're dealing with such big numbers. And finally, closer to home, if you drive the toll roads, you may have recognized that um, some of the buildings, for example, at Tomato Springs or the Orange Grove mainline toll plazas, those buildings were damaged in uh, the recent fires. Those are now substantially uh, rebuilt and complete. And in doing so, we've taken the opportunity to fortify them a bit with increased buffer space, increased hardscapes, uh, plants that OCFA has approved to help reduce potential fire damage. So hopefully, if God forbid there's another fire, but if there is, hopefully these structures will not be damaged again. Thank you. Thank you. Any other comments tonight? Councilmember Gamble. Thank you very much, Madam Mayor. Uh, this evening, I'd like to introduce to the community our new division chief from OCFA, Barrick Hunter. And Barrick, if it's okay, if you can come up and say hi to the city council. 
Our previous division chief, Rob Capabianco, is on temporary assignment, and Barrick is doing double duty, uh, not only tending to his cities in uh, North Orange County, as far north as Yorba Linda, he now, as the overachiever, high achiever that he is, now has uh, the responsibility for cities that go all the way from Yorba Linda to San Clemente. And so it gives me great pleasure to introduce Barrick this evening. He's um, considered a very high performer at OCFA, and we're just delighted to welcome you to the city. So, Barrick, if, if it pleases the mayor, if you step forward, you know, tell us a few things about you and, you know, like your favorite food and, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Good evening. But seriously, we're, we're very grateful to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Good evening, Mayor, Council. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, my name is Barrick Hunter, Division Chief for the Orange County Fire Authority. I've been in the fire service for over 25 years. I've been with the Orange County Fire Authority for the last uh, 15 years. Um, as um, Councilwoman, I want to call you Director from the JPA Board, but <laughs> yeah. as Councilwoman uh, Gamble stated that I am up in the northern part of the uh, county as well as down here now. So I think this assignment is going to be temporary for maybe up to two months, but I'm enjoying it. It's definitely different, and I enjoy the different part of the county and look forward to working with all of you. Thank you. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much. Sir. Thank you Thanks, for being Barrick. Okay, any other council member reports? Sure. Council member McGurr. Thank you. Um, it's fortuitous, I think, that Barrick is here. Uh, I just wanted to announce um, that we lost uh, the Holy Jim Volunteer Fire Department Chief Michael Milligan passed away this week. Um, they, uh, probably August the 20th, but the announcement came today. And he was a volunteer and the chief for quite a number of years. I think he's lived up in the canyon for, since the 1970s. Uh, he was very, very uh, well-known in the community, and uh, he will be missed. All right. Any other comments? Okay. All right. We're going to go on to um, adjournment. The next regular meeting of the City Council will be held Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, at 7 p.m. in the City Council Chambers in Rancho Santa Margarita. Good night.